Welcome back, everybody, to the Real Japan Podcast. I am one of the hosts, Kenzo. And I am Ferg. And this week we will be bringing you some more interesting articles and news items from Japan, as always. And we will have the latest COVID headlines as well, for those that are interested. Yep. But uh, but first, we'll see how life is in the mountains this past week. Yes, sir. This past week has been fine, thank you. The rainy season has started, so we're getting a lot more rainy weather now. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's bad. I, I don't like the rain. <laughs> yeah, especially the rainy season when it rains a lot, consistently for a month or so. Yeah, it's pretty much non-stop rain for about a month. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah. Although, granted, I think uh, yesterday there was no mm. rain around here. Yes, yes. Yesterday it did rain a little bit in the afternoon here, but it was mm. quite a nice day. Yeah, by and large, it was a nice day. Yeah. Yes, sir. So I've been stuck inside during the rain. Mm-hmm. And the other day, I looked outside the window, and I happened to see a tanuki in the garden. Ooh, a Japanese what, a raccoon? A raccoon dog, I think is. Raccoon dog? Oh, is that what they're it's, called? Okay. Well, I think if you translate it as raccoon, it can get mixed up with like the raccoon that American listeners will will think of which mm-hmm. is yeah yeah araiguma in Japanese oh yeah that's right that's right tanuki is a slightly different animal i believe there are tanukis or creatures similar to tanukis in other parts of asia as well mm-hmm. however tanuki is often translated as like japanese raccoon dog as well oh yeah okay that makes sense but it is a small animal, kind of similar in size to a raccoon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's quite interesting because it often, like, it has quite a significant place in the Japanese culture, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah, they're, they're kind of, uh, they're, they're tricksters, right? Exactly, yeah. yeah. They appear in many legends and mm-hmm. uh, folklore. And as exactly as you said, they're a kind of tricksy sort of animal. They can shapeshift, and they often use this ability to play tricks on people. Yeah, yeah, they can. Yeah, that's a that's a weird one. They can, they can shapeshift. Yes, sir. Yeah. Another interesting thing about them is that they often have a very like when you see them depicted in statues and things, not in real life, not real tanuki, but in in statues and things, they are often depicted with big balls. <laughs> so it's uh they're what fertility um i'm not exactly sure why they are depicted with such big balls i think i did read somewhere that it was to do with like the skin of the scrotum they used it for like processing gold leaf or something in the what edo period or something like that wow. but anyway you do often see them now with the statues of them have quite noticeable big, big man parts. Yeah, wow. And they also, I think, uh, typically are depicted with, uh, with like a big 
like a pot belly almost yes yes a pot belly yeah and I, I have no idea what that's all about but no often wearing like um sandals like mm-hmm. waraji and, mm-hmm. a, and a kind of hat as well almost a bit like a traveler certainly an, yeah. an yeah. interesting animal from a cultural point of view mm-hmm. i've never actually played it but i read online that tom nook in the game animal crossing is supposed to be a tanuki that's why it's tom nook because it kind of sounds oh, a bit like tanuki okay. especially that's i guess if it's in japanese like tom and nuki or something like that right 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 well i'll um uh I'll ask uh I'll ask the Rugrats later about the uh cuz they 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 play that game non-stop. <laughs> do they? Yeah, they love it. <laughs> do you not play it yourself? No, I never I mean, like it, it seems like a fun game, but yeah, I just never yeah. like I just never got into it, yeah. It's very popular in America these days. So so I've heard yeah, yeah, it's popular. I think it's popular everywhere, especially because mm. people are stuck inside with nothing yeah. to do. So It doesn't appeal to me from what I've heard, because I have heard people talking about it on other podcasts. It sounds mm. a little bit boring to me, but there must be some appeal to it if that many people I, I guess play It's it. one of those mm. games where I'm, uh, like, there's no, mm. like there's no overarching goal. Right, it's just kind of like um, I, I think a and people who play this are probably gonna roast me for it, but it, it <laughs> seems like a glorified version of like those farm simulator games that were popular on Facebook like ten years ago. Yeah, yeah, I think more or less that's that's what it is. Like you just doing your doing Doom. your daily chores, busy work. Yeah, yeah. But then maybe, you know, you save up some money, you get a cool hat, and you can show mm. your friends. Or Oh, hey, if it makes people happy. Yeah, yeah, more power more to them. More power to them, um, yeah. It's, uh... Yeah, I think me personally, because I'm, I'm an old-school gamer. Yeah. So I like games with, like, a, a beginning, a middle, and an end, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not too big a fan of the games that just kind of go on and on. Yeah, yeah. You uh, like to have an adventure. Yeah, yeah. I like to I like to have to be part of a story. Yes, sir. Yeah. And how has your week been? Uh, my week. Let's see. Uh, Back to Okinawa. Uh, n- no, I don't. I don't think so. Oh. Yeah. Well. See, like, I don't even remember anymore because, like, I've been there so many damn times. <laughs> here, hold on. I got my stack of, uh, got my stack of tickets here. Let me, let me see. Oh, okay. So, my last flight there was on the 11th, on the 12th. Okay. On yep. the 11th and 12th. So, that was... Right after our last last week's recording, so I, I went back once. Okay. This past week, and uh, yeah, this time it was it was kind of a cool trip because, uh, as usual, yeah. I was only there for one night. But um, mm. uh, a, a friend of mine mm. has a friend. 
okay. who runs a, a Mexican restaurant down there. Yeah, cool. So so he he was like, yeah, you should go, you should go say hello, and I was like, all right, sure. So so I went down there. Yeah, it was, it was great. Good food. Is um, it good Mexican food? Because that is something that is quite rare in Japan, isn't yes, it? Yes, it is a rarity, but I, I got to tell you, it was it was good. It was like proper Mexican food, yeah. Wow. High praise, especially coming from a California lad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was v- very pleased with the the quality of the, the Mexican food. It was good. Good stuff. Um, I, I and I think it, it it almost has to be because um, yeah. when 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 I was eating there, I was there for uh, you know a couple hours. Um, yeah, and during the time I was there, you know, a number of different patrons came and went. Yep, and I would say about half of the patrons were mm. people that were uh, from the base down there. Oh. American soldiers, presumably. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. but like the restaurant itself isn't exactly close by. Mm. So people are going out of their way to get it. Yeah, they're going out of their way, and um, yeah, I think uh, Americans in general we are rather particular about our Mexican food. So, mm. um, yeah, the fact that their people are going out of their way to eat there—that's a—that's a good sign. Good stuff, certainly. Yeah. Yeah, excellent. So, yeah, that was that was a good time. I'll probably uh I have two more trips to make okay. this month. So, I'll probably go back one more time maybe. Yep. And uh yeah, since uh it was a friend of a friend situation, I got free tequila, which was nice. Did you? Yeah, oh, good yeah, stuff. Yeah. A wild no- night on the town in Naha, I guess. Yeah, yep, in Naha. It was it was nice. Excellent. Naha being the capital city of Okinawa. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, and, and the interesting thing is because we were talking about the raining season. Oh, yeah. The rainy yep. season. It, it just started up here, but oh. that means that it just finished in Naha. Perfect timing. Yeah, so, so the weather was, was fantastic. Perfect timing for a little bit of tequila, eh? Yeah, yeah, it was nice. Just uh, crack open a beer. Yeah. Yeah. People say the weather is generally best immediately after the end of the rainy season as well, don't they? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was... Yeah, no complaints about the weather. It was fantastic. Good stuff. Yeah. Excellent. Yep, but with... uh... Yeah, I think that, that about wraps it up for, for my week. Yep. Um, so I guess we'll get into the news. Okay. Shall we do a little coronavirus roundup? Yep, take Just it away, as, man. As always, less and less news coming out about coronavirus these days. We might have to mm-hmm. end this section of the podcast soon. But Yeah, well, that'll be a good thing. Yes, sir. Unless the second wave comes. Yeah, you never know. Yes, sir. However, there are still ongoing cases in Japan, certainly. As Mm -hmm. of June 16th, 2020, there were 17,705 confirmed cases and 938 deaths. 
So we're still hanging off for dear life as far as uh, not hitting a thousand deaths, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. We certainly are. There has been a slight increase in cases since the easing of lockdown measures. Yeah. There were 72 people diagnosed with coronavirus on the from the 14th to the 15th, so in that one day. Mm-hmm. Including 48 people in Tokyo. And this was the second day in a row with over 40 new cases in Tokyo. Now, the, yeah. the interesting thing here is, as regular listeners will know, there has been the governor of Tokyo, Yuriko Koike, has issued this Tokyo alert, alerting yeah. the capital and, you what know, highlighting. <laughs> turning <Nobody> the nose. <laughs> no, sir. We certainly do not, but we do know that the Rainbow Bridge and the Metropolitan Government Building have been turned red in a sort of scary sign of, you know, be alert, watch out. However, <laughs> it's like, what am I supposed to watch out for? <laughs> yeah, you exactly. gotta tell me what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> exactly. However, the they did lift the Tokyo alert last week after you know after after we had recorded our episode. Mm, yeah. Now the interesting thing now is we're actually above the we're back above the criteria for issuing the Tokyo mm-hmm. alert. You know, I'm not going to go through them all again, but there's three main criteria and, and now that we've had over forty people in a row for two days being diagnosed with coronavirus, we are technically in a state where they they should reissue the alert again. Yeah. However, they decided not to. Because well, who knows why? It seems <laughs> like in- <laughs> Well it was it was an arbitrary thing to begin with. <laughs> exactly. So then that, so now they're just like eh Exactly. Maybe not. Exactly. The general gist of of you know what they've said in press conferences seems to be well Despite the numbers, we actually think we're doing fine. There's a few clusters, so we've decided yeah. not to reissue the alert. Now, my personal view is that it seems like they just want to desperately hang on or stay on this kind of roadmap to reopening businesses and easing economic restrictions. Mm-hmm. They've already mm-hmm. gone quite far towards that with, you know, they, they recently reopened karaoke boxes, arcade centers and pachinko parlors sort of allowed longer opening hours for restaurants and pubs and there should be some further easing of restrictions on economic activity on the 19th so in a a few in a couple of days towards the end of this week as we record might already have happened by the time this episode comes out yep one interesting thing about the the recent number of the recent cases that have been discovered in tokyo is that they started, so they started focusing their testing on um, restaurants and bars and things that were seddai, as they call it in Japanese, as a part of the experience. And what this mm. means is basically, in addition to your drinks or your food or whatever, you, you know, someone from the shop will accompany the, the customer. I mean, it's basically referring to sort of hostess. Yeah, basically, yeah, girly bars. Exactly, yes. But the the clean kind, okay, just so <laughs> listeners don't get any funny ideas. 
<laughs> exactly. And of the people that they discovered on the 14th, so they, they started concentrating their testing on people working in this industry. And mm. of the people that they tested on the 14th, sort of over 40, apparently 18 of those were hosts from host clubs. I'm not sure if it's plural or, or a single host club in Shinjuku. Yeah, which so. is like the mecca of host clubs. <laughs> exactly. And, 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 and a host club is pretty much the, the reverse version of a girly bar. Exactly, yes. So it's, uh, w women go there and pay exorbitant prices for alcohol to hang out with these studs. Exactly, yes. Yeah. So basically what happened is they decided to concentrate their testing on this particular area and lo and behold they found many people appear to have contracted coronavirus. Mm -hmm. However, just as a kind of counterpoint to that, just very quickly, they have been doing more widespread testing in the population to sort of test the level of antibodies in the population at large. Right. So the government tested 7,950 people, more or less at random, it seems. Mm -hmm. And they found that the percentage of people with antibodies, implying that people who have been infected and recovered, was very low. 0.1% in Tokyo, 0.17% in Osaka, and 0.03% in Miyagi. Mm. I mean, the danger of this, of course, is that if a second wave does come, then people in Japan, the natural level of immunity within the population will be low, it, it seems. We're not 100% right, sure yeah. if having those antibodies means that you cannot be infected again, but... Well, it certainly that, reduces the chances significantly, I, exactly. would, I would assume. Yeah. Exactly, yes. That's, that's the way it seems. Just for comparison, some of the figures given in the article that I read said that New York conducted similar kind of tests to try and assess the level of immunity within the population in general. And they found that 12% of people in New York State had antibodies. Compare that wow. to 0.1% in Tokyo. So many, many times... Uh, the 100 times or so the level of immunity mm -hmm, within the population. Mm -hmm. in, in Spain, that level was found to be about 5%, so still many, many times the level in, in Tokyo, which is interesting. It does seem to imply a low rate of infection among the population at large as well. And yeah, yeah. just finally, in our coronavirus roundup, I did get my Abeno masks recently oh, in the did. post. Yes, listeners might be able to hear a slight crinkling. That's me holding the package. It says, it says on it, I got, there's a little note that comes with these two cotton masks. It says, thank you for all your efforts to stop coronavirus. <laughs> Please avoid the three mitsus which you discussed before. Basically, avoiding closed spaces, avoiding crowds and avoiding close contact. Yep. Please wear a mask, even if you do not have symptoms. We are sending you two masks per household. We know this may not be enough, but remember that you can wash them and reuse them. Please make use of these masks. Then on the back, it gives you some other general hygiene tips. So I will be looking forward to wearing my Abinal masks. I still haven't got mine. Haven't you? No. You'd think. You would need them more where you are rather than up in the mountains. Yeah, you would think. 
Yes, sir. But at least I can go on my mountain hikes in, in peace now, knowing that Abe and his masks are protecting me from infection. <laughs> the, yeah, the, the halo of, of the Prime Minister is protecting you. Yes, sir. Right, well, I think that about concludes our coronavirus roundup. Okie dokie. Shall we move um, on to the news? Yeah, let's move on. Um, well, as many listeners are probably aware, um, about nine years have passed since the, the big earthquake that shook Japan in uh, 2011. Yep. And caused the subsequent accident slash meltdown at the Fukushima nuclear uh, power plant. Yep. And so as a bit of background, uh, shortly after the earthquake, the government realized that this was going to be a, a long-term thing that they were going to have to deal with. So they established the Reconstruction Agency, which is a branch of the Japanese government that is uh, directly underneath the, the prime minister. Yep. And they spearhead all, all the initiatives to try to get reconstruction going and to complete reconstruction in the affected areas. And as of the end of, I believe, April, uh, they, they published statistics uh, on a monthly basis. And as of the end of April, 44,000 people still live in temporary housing. So nine years later... Yeah. Yeah, 44,000 people are still unable to go home uh, yeah. because of the, the uh, radiation fallout from the, the nuclear accident. So that's, uh, that's just a shitty situation. It certainly is. Yeah. Um, and so, one of the areas where people are still unable to go home is it's the town of Tomioka town mm. in Fukushima Prefecture. Um, and, and granted, most of the town is opened back up so people can go home. Yep. But a small section of the town is still closed off. Mm -hmm. And people that lived there are unable to return. Mm. And within this small area, a, a man by the name of Haruyoshi Otani, he's 54, mm. has been implicated in over 400 burglaries. 400? Wow. Yeah. He's been because, busy. Yeah, because all the houses are, no, one, no one's living in them. Mm. So if... Uh, and uh, from what I've read, it's, I mean, you know, it's not really feasible to block off such large areas. So mm. if uh, some, someone was so inclined, it's not exactly rocket science to get into these um, exclusion zones or whatever you want to call them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he just, he just hit up all the houses that were unoccupied. Damn. And I think that the the funny thing about this whole incident is, and, and you know, it's not it's not funny, ha ha, funny, but 
the total amount of of stuff he burglared yeah was worth about 1 million yen in total which is about 10,000 US yeah and it's not much, is it? Yeah, and before we started recording, Ferg did the math, and it comes out to about $25 per home. Yeah. <laughs> which uh, is, not, is not exactly highly efficient work. No, sir. Um, I don't know, because if you think about it, like, how long does it take to burglarize a home? Yeah. About, yeah. A couple hours, right? I mean, you would think. Surely, even if you were racing in and out, it's got to take at least an hour at home. Yeah. And it sounds like he's not the most efficient son of a gun. So, yeah. You say it took him two hours per home. Yeah. Yeah, Because he's got to travel there, right? Yep. And he's got to travel back home. Yep. So let's just say, yeah, two hours per home. He's only making about $10 an hour. Not, not good, is it? He'd have been better yeah, off getting so he, a job. Yeah, yeah, he should have just got a job. He would have made more money. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so... And the the police asked him why he did it. Mm-hmm. And he said, I wanted money. Which um, makes sense. Yep. And... I guess the final thing of note was this... Um, Otani character. Mm. He's originally from Hokkaido. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which is the the northernmost island. Mm. And he moved to the area because there was work available as a as an electrician. Oh, I see. Doing reconstruction work. Yeah, doing reconstruction work. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, maybe he he was out of work. Hmm. Doesn't really mention any of that, but presumably, yeah, yeah he was at, maybe he was out of work, or the pay just wasn't good enough, or yeah, he had some debts to pay. Yeah, seems to be a common theme. It's a real kind of scumbaggy sort of crime, isn't it, to go into the homes of people who have been forced out because of a disaster like that. Yeah, it is, yeah. And burglarize them, you know, steal their mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. No moral conscience whatsoever, it seems. No. And the, the reason he was caught mm. was he was caught uh, in possession of lock-picking tools. Oh, a bit sneaky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and again, wonder... the article doesn't really mention any details as to the circumstances around his capture but it seems to me like maybe he was in the process of picking a lock yeah maybe maybe the 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 police passed by and they're like hey what are you doing yeah or maybe they had an idea there was someone burglarizing the houses around there Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah it could be and they were keeping an eye out and they saw him Mm -hmm. because they don't they don't generally stop random people and ask them whether or not they have lock picking tools, do they? Yeah, although if mm. you know if uh, if you look like a shady character, they they might stop you and ask to see yeah. see your possessions. Yeah, yeah. So that it could 
Yeah, yeah, um, that, uh, that's definitely a possibility. Because e- if even if he wasn't doing anything overtly mm. suspicious, just being in the exclusion zone. Yeah. Yeah. If they caught him inside, then that. Yeah. That's probable cause right there. That he's yeah. Probably up to no good. Yeah, that's a good point. If he's looking shady, and he's in the exclusion zone, that yeah. could well be enough yeah. for them to s- stop him and ask him what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how long does he face now in the slammer? I don't know. The article doesn't say. Hmm. But he will be doing time, right? I would oh. think so because it's pretty. It's not like he just. It's not like he's just one one home. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, there's four hundred of them. Although mm. it, the article did say they're <clears throat> they're only bringing charges for three. Oh, I see. Yeah, burglary uh, probably the ones with the the most damage. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Well, it will be good once this menace is off our streets, and hopefully, it will be a sign to other people thinking of taking advantage of the poor people forced out of their homes. Yeah, yeah, hopefully, yeah. And it's just another reminder that Mm. nine years later, there's... Yeah. Some people just are uh, not able to go home, and that's... Yeah. Yeah, that sucks. There's no no way around that. Yes. uh, Bad situation. I mean... The world at large, I think, is probably, to some extent, forgotten about Fukushima, but it's definitely still mm. hugely affecting the lives of many, many people. And I think we still, there's still a um, part mm. of uh, uh, income tax. Yeah, for, yeah. For everyone. It's going towards restructuring yeah, or reconstruction. Lots, I mean, it's, efforts, not, yeah. it's not a lot. It's uh, mm. like point. Point two percent or something, right? Yeah, I, I think it is. But uh, mm. yeah, there's a, an additional additional uh, percentage of everyone's income is still going toward that. So it, mm. it, it it's it's easy to overlook that because it's not as a percentage, it's not very significant. But yeah, you, even in that respect, it's still affecting everyone in the country. Yes, sir. Certainly. But with uh, with that, I think that that about concludes my segment. All right. Shall we move on to the next item? Yep. So this is a little bit more detail on a scandal that we mentioned earlier in a previous episode of the Real Japan podcast. To remind listeners, the government outsourced the processing of relief funds or subsidies for businesses, small and medium-sized businesses affected by the coronavirus, to a small company, very small, about 20 employees, called the Service Design Engineering Council, the SDEC. This Mm -hmm. resulted in a huge scandal because the SDEC subsequently re-outsourced the work to Dentsu, a major advertising company and one of the companies involved in its founding, 
then it's outsourced it again to its group companies and those group companies outsourced it again to other companies including Transcosmos and Pasana, two companies involved in the founding of this Service Design Engineering Council. Yes, uh, the circle of life, man. Yes, sir. Basically, everyone's taking their little... They're skimming off the top, and it appears, at least, like a huge waste of taxpayers' money, in ter both in terms of the expense and the efficiency, with all these different companies skimming a little bit off the top, and then basically re-outsourcing it, having extracted their little bit of value without adding any value. Yep, yep. I do like the fact that they have started referring to it in the Japanese media as Yurei Hojin, which technically, or I suppose in English, a natural translation would be something like a paper company or a shell company, but yeah, in Japanese, it's like a ghost company, which I quite like. Ooh. <laughs> yes, sir. So the spooky SDEC. Yeah, spooky. Now, the reason we're going to talk more about this today is because Kenji Hirakawa, who is a director of the Service Design Engineering Council and who was an employee of Dentsu at the time that all this happened, or everything that we're going to talk about today happened, was found to have taken part in something called Maeda House. Now, Maeda House was the name given to a large apartment in Austin, Texas. That's that Maeda his house, man. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> that Yasuhiro Maeda. Uh, rented. Now, who is Yasuhiro Maeda, you might be asking? He is basically a very high-level civil servant who worked at the Ministry of Economy, Trade and Industry, a big government agency in Japan. And he's now the head of the Small and Medium Enterprise Agency. The reason this is significant... Yeah, so he's a big shot. He's certainly a big shot, yes. The reason this is significant is because the Small and Medium Enterprise Agency is the agency responsible for overseeing the distribution of these subsidies to businesses affected by the uh, coronavirus. So mm -hmm. for listeners that didn't catch that, he is he's the head of this agency responsible for these subsidies and he has been found to have been fraternizing while enjoying parties alongside Hirakawa, who is a top executive at the paper company to which the outsourcing of these, uh, to which the processing of these subsidies was outsourced. But I'm sure that's just a coincidence. Oh, just a coincidence, yes, I'm sure. <laughs> it, just, I, I mean, it just happened to turn out that way. I'm sure it's all totally above board. Mm -hmm. uh, of course... Yasuhiro Maeda has denied sort of real involvement in Maeda yeah, House. See? But, you know, that that's fine. We'll get on to all that. Uh, yeah. Now, the other sort of point I want to just touch on before we move into talking about what exactly Maeda House is, is uh, so at the time when Maeda first started renting this apartment he was also the deputy director general of something called the service affairs policy division 
within the Commerce and Information Policy Bureau of METI, of this government mm. agency. Now, we don't need to worry exactly what that is. Basically, all we need to know is that this particular department it has been responsible for the majority of the projects contracted to the Service Design Engineering Council. Oh. So, so it's getting a bit complicated, but basically, he was the manager, previously in his career, he was the manager of a particular department within the agency or within the bureau. This department outsourced a lot of its projects to this little paper company, this mysterious little paper company. And then he went on to become the head of this agency responsible for small and medium-sized companies, a promotion for him. And lo and behold, this paper company wins another major project Yeah, from the agency of which he is now responsible. And it appears that he has been fraternizing with the head or top executive of the this little paper company at his Maida house. So basically in in March twenty seventeen and some articles have have said I've written it as though this is happening every year, but and some articles mm-hmm. refer specifically to that year. So it could it could be the case that this only happened once, or it could have been the case that it has happened every year. A friend of Yasuhiro Maeda, Maeda being this top bureaucrat, let's remember that, he rented a large apartment in Austin, Texas. And he called this apartment Maeda House. And he basically invited uh, business people from Japan. And these, the idea being that these business people from Japan would be going, they would pay money to stay at the Maeda house to enjoy plenty of beer and wine and free food and um, also... Hookers and blackjack. <laughs> surely not. <laughs> and as a little extra bonus, they might be able to spend some time with Yasuhiro Maeda, top bureaucrat, which... yeah which may ideally for them lead to winning a few tasty projects from from METI. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, the weekly magazine that I that, that was the main source for this news item, Shukan Bunshin, a notable weekly magazine, they obtained a pamphlet that was created for Maeda House. Ooh. Yeah, which is, has been written in, in quite a sort of almost as though it's a little business thing they've been going they've got going on mm-hmm. now Maeda House it on this pamphlet it tells you the exact dates that Yasuhiro Maeda would be there so it of the the house was rented for a period or the apartment was rented from March 8th to March 12th of which oh sorry it was rented from March 8th to March 14th, of which Maida would be there mm-hmm. until the 12th. There okay. would be a number of people kind of sleeping basically wherever they could find space to sleep, although there would be a, a room set aside for women to sleep in. There would be beer and wine provided, as much as you could drink, plus plenty of snacks nice. and food at parties. 
And how much would you expect to pay for this? You know, about Ooh. a week with a top bureaucrat. Maybe you can win a tasty project. Mm. Well, at least a million yen. At least a million? Well, it would be an absolute bargain for you then, because the cost is only 210,000 yen. What? No way. Approximately 2,000 US dollars. Wow, that's that's a steal. A steal. Yeah, wow. Because I, I was thinking, um, yep. I don't know, probably U.S. politics has tainted my my views on uh, paying money for access to politicians. But yeah, yeah, because because I think um, typically for like like one of those fundraiser luncheons. Yep. Yeah, you got people paying tens of thousands of dollars just to have lunch with a potential presidential candidate. Yeah. And, and, and granted, I mean, people like Maida aren't exactly mm. that high up on the totem pole, but if you're yeah, for staying for a couple of days yeah, with pretty much unlimited access to him while he's in the area. Yeah. I would think they they could have charged a lot more. Yeah, and winning very tasty projects worth many tens yeah. of thousands yeah. of US dollars at least on the small end of the scale. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Although maybe mm. it was, the, the cost was kept as low as possible. Basically, it's only, because um, it might have been yeah. problematic had they been like turning a massive profit. Yes. Although, it does appear that they may have been turning a bit of a profit. Now, this... So, first of all, the, the money for this, this 210,000 yen, was to be paid mm -hmm. to a person named only as X in Ooh. the article I read. This oh, mysterious X. And he was... Or he is a, a, a friend of Maeda, who is an IT consultant. Okay. He was sort of like the manager of Maida House. And... Mr. X. Yes, sir. There's a quote in the article that I read that gives us some colour on these parties that they had every night. Okay. And it says there would be about 50 or so people there each night with a subordinate of Maida, someone who worked below him at, at Meti. Mm-hmm doing all the cooking for the parties and okay. employees of large companies and top executives of small and medium-sized companies came with gifts to see Maida. Well, gifts as in envelopes full of cash? <laughs> no, no, no. It does say um, omiyage in Japanese, which... Yeah, right. <laughs> the implication is it's some you know, confectionery or some gift like that. However, as you say, who knows what the real content of those yeah, gifts were. Yeah, it reminds me of um, mm. that the Osaka Electric Company. Oh, thing, yes, yes. Where, uh, and we, we might do a bit on that in the future, but but the, the gist of it is the 
the Osaka Electric Company. Yes. Which is a, a huge electric company. Um, yeah. They need to outsource certain construction projects, and one of the one of the contractors would frequently visit headquarters with uh, a, a gift, and it w- it was it was like cookies or whatever. But yeah. if uh, when you open the box, it's it's like cookie it's like cookies on top, but then when you take the cookies off. There's just stacks of cash underneath. Yeah. yeah. And that was a whole big scandal. Yes. And you're right. That would be a good one to do a, a, to cover in, in a future episode of the Real yeah. Japan podcast. Yeah. Uh, another scandalous tale, another tale of corruption in Japan that has been mm-hmm, mm-hmm. huge focus by the media lately. But uh, but getting back to the uh, the Maida House, uh, it wouldn't surprise me if something similar was going down with their uh, with their gifts. Surely not. We wouldn't want to imply such things. The now and and then in the in the mornings after these parties, they would spend a couple of hours doing presentations. It said in this article, which. I thought was interesting. There's no way they were sober enough to do presentations the morning after. (laughs) No way, man. And when they did these presentations, Maeda would give them some advice sometimes, according to this quote in this article, saying, you know, we should fix this, change this, Uh do this. There is also a quote in the article that says, you know, apparently um, Maeda had sort of talked, bragged, or boasted perhaps about the Maeda house to those around him, according to this article. Okay. And uh, someone had overheard him saying it, you know, it cost him about 2 million yen to set up 20,000 US dollars. His wife was mm-hmm. going to divorce him and he might lose his job. <laughs> what? <laughs> because... <laughs> How does, what? What does that have to do with anything? <laughs> well, that's... <laughs> I think it's trying to imply all the effort that he's gone to to set up the Maeda house. Oh, but, I see, I see. Okay, okay. So he's been spending so much time on this, on the his house that it's yep. it's destroyed his marriage. <laughs> well, perhaps, yeah. <laughs> but if we, I mean, who knows how true that is? Like I say, it's it, you know, it's hearsay in a tabloidy article, but right, right. But you know. For argument's sake, if we run with, if he spent twenty million setting it up, uh, mm. two million, sorry, twenty thousand, which is a lot of money, and su- certainly enough to rent a very nice apartment and get plenty of food and drink for, you know, fifty or so people for a week, yeah. I should think. And if the quote is right that he had about fifty people there, then. He could have been making about 10 million yen. I worked out just kind of back of the envelope calculation. So it could still be a real tasty little profit for him. Yeah. And that coupled with Mm. um, the envelopes, which he may or may not have received. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. However, however, the... Remember I mentioned Maeda's friend, X, who apparently... Yes, Mr. X. I like this guy. Mr. X. (laughs) Yes, sir. Sounds like a comic book villain. Yes, sir. The the weekly magazine 
did contact him and tried to interview him. It sounds like he didn't give them a full interview, but he l- gave them a few comments and... Oh, some tasty morsels for us to chew on? Yes, sir. Well, according to him, I assume it's a he. It, it could be a female, I suppose. It I just be, assumed yeah. it, was, it was male, but... He, um, he said that Maeda did not make any profit from Maeda House and hmm. X did not pay any money to Maeda. Then the weekly magazine also reached out to METI, the government agency mm-hmm. or the government bureau where Maeda works. They said Maeda... You know, it is true that Maeda's friend rented a large apartment and they said that Maeda also paid to stay there, implying that Maeda paid his 210,000 yen and was sort of going along just as as a friend of this consultant. I mean, this seems unbelievable at best. Like, the name of this, it's being advertised or, or, well spoken about as Maeda House and this pamphlet has the dates that Maeda himself will be there it's hard to believe that he was just another uh, a friend of this IT consultant taking, Mm -hmm. well going along, yep I I would venture to guess that it is is within the realm of possibility that Mm. all this is true their version it, of events. Yeah, the... yeah, it, yeah. Because, mm. well, if, if if they were smart about it, mm. yep, then that that's what they would have done to keep it on the up and up. And yeah. then, like, he would pretty much be paid in in other areas. Yeah, you know what I mean, yeah, like like everything on the surface is totally legit. Yeah, but then, you know, maybe he got some envelopes. Yep. Or that particular the Maida house thing, like that was all legit. But you know, if he's hooking people up, yeah, there, then down the line he could get massive amounts of cash. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So, but, but yeah, like I agree that it's probably all bullshit, but. If they were, yeah, if they were really smart about it, then that's what they would have done. If they were smart about it, I agree, that's what they would have done. However, the fact that they named it Maeda House does not imply to me <laughs> that they are smart. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Maybe, maybe we get, maybe we give them too much credit. Yes, uh, I mean, I was thinking about this. I know probably the people taking part in this did not. We're not viewing this as a holiday. I'm sure they were looking at it as an opportunity to win business for their oh, companies. Certainly, yeah. Even so, that said, it sounds like complete hell to me. Could you imagine being stuck in this apartment with a whole bunch of, you know, middle-aged guys drinking, mm-hmm. e- eating mm-hmm. snack food all the time, everyone trying to sort of get close to, to this Maeda? It just sounds absolutely awful. Oh yeah, I would I would not want to be in in that situation. No, sir. I mean, it's one thing to like you said go along to a fundraising event or to, you know, pay to have dinner or lunch with 
a politician or someone. But yeah, yeah. But to be stuck in a in a small apartment, sleeping on the floor perhaps, and taking part in these parties and doing presentations every morning sounds like absolute hell. <laughs> Even if they paid me two hundred and ten thousand yen, I don't think I would go. Oh no! Yeah, there's no way I'd be caught dead in that place. <laughs> no sir. Yeah. No sir. But I mean, it is another shameful example of what appears, at least, to be corruption in Japan. Yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah. This kind of thing is rampant. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Japanese politics. Yeah. Yeah. So again, just to reiterate, the main gist of the story: huge scandal about. The distribution of these relief funds after it's discovered it's being outsourced between, you know, a whole bunch of different companies, basically passing it along between friends and skimming a bit off the top, and it's now found out that the head of the company that received the contract was partying with the head of the agency responsible yep. for giving out that contract. Yeah, basically a bunch of a bunch of cronies just yes, each, sir. Each skimming and taking taking their cut. Yes, sir. Yeah. Oh well. How long have we been going for today? Yeah, it's uh, it's a bit under an hour, so we can probably uh, call it here. Okay, that sounds good to me. Okay, so for everyone that's still with us, thanks for sticking around, and you can. Find us on our social media channels, uh, which is uh, Real Japan Guys on Twitter and Instagram. Or you can email us at mail at thereal.jp and check out our website at thereal.jp. You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And we, uh, we're going to try to post more on Twitter. We, we keep saying this, and we're still not sure what yes. to do with it. Yes. We're working on it. Uh, yeah, we're working. It's a work in progress. Yes. So s- stick with us. Yes, sir. We are also considering ways to bring our listeners some different and more interesting content. So, you know, watch this space. Yeah, we're gonna try to branch out now that uh, both uh, both Ferg and uh, and myself we were rather busy these past few months with uh, our day jobs, but that's wound down a bit. Yep. So we're free to engage in other pursuits. So hopefully we'll have something interesting and worth uh, worth consuming for everyone. Yes, sir. We do also have some interesting listener mail that we're going to respond to soon as well. Yeah, we will yeah, we'll incorporate that into, into next week's episode, so stay tuned for that. Yes, sir. So, with that being said, we'll see everyone again next week. Goodbye, listeners. Bye-bye.